Hey, well, today's talk, uh, I'm, I'm excited about the passage we're going to get to. But first, I want to talk about uh, something that we've been hearing and, and really unpacking and processing. And that's, man, what did we miss? Like, we've missed something as a church. And I want to be very, very clear in saying that I believe the church is supposed to gather together and that there is amazing power when we pursue a relationship with Jesus, like physically together. And what I've discovered, though, in the months we've been socially distanced uh, is that uh, these regulations and health concerns and all that comes with it have impacted people's relationship with Jesus and each other. And what have we missed as the church that has really allowed people to feel alone. Um, one of the dangers of a great past is, is missing the opportunities to learn from the present. I don't know if you've read books like Good to Great. It talks about that. I've served at some older churches that have a great history. But oftentimes, we would hear people reminiscing about the good old days. They would use that phrase, right? The good old, oh, do you remember the good old days? Do you remember when we would, we would sit there and pray for hours during our Sunday night services around the altar? Honestly, I've said that probably. I loved that, the opportunity to just pray over people and watch God moving. And we don't give that much time anymore for some reason in this church, right? And I just go, as a young youth pastor though, when I was first in churches like that, and I would hear those stories, it got frustrating. I was like, that was 50 years ago. If that was the best thing that you remember Jesus doing in your life, why are you not letting him do something fresh right now? Um, and, and I would get frustrated. Uh, sure, things change, but there's some good right now in the change. Why, why can't we celebrate the new opportunities this change allows? And that's why they say the greatest enemy of great is good. We hold on to the, the good we know so much so that we don't allow change to happen to make life great. And uh, uh, so could it be that we're in a moment like that in the church? Or could we make a moment like that in the church? I've had to... I've had many good old day type conversations in the last few months. You know, those days when masks weren't required and we could just come to church or those days when we met at the high school or those days we could hang out before and after the service or those days we took communion by dipping into the same cup. Now, when you start to think about it, it's kind of crazy. We used to recycle worship guides and put them in everybody's hand Okay, yeah, I'm glad some of those things are, are not happening right now. You know, when you start to think about it in our current context, I don't have the power to change a school district's mind. And I've discovered so far, it's beyond my power to change the mind of our health department, our government, to allow us to, to gather without masks and social distancing. I know the one who has that power to change the minds of great and, and leaders of all sizes and governments of all sizes. Uh, but the good news is we're able to gather and now we're just looking for that space, right? Man, well, if the church not being able to gather on Sundays 
is uh, at a specific time in a specific place in a specific manner is what's derailing our relationship with Jesus and not allowing our relationship with Jesus to grow, that shouldn't allow the mission of the church to stop. Like we've built, if, if it does allow the mission to stop, that means we've built a service and not a church. And when we began Open Life, we never started Open Life to create church people. We began this church to help people find and follow Jesus in whichever way possible. We began this church to help people lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus and not have like a, a hierarchical thing. And I'm the only one that can help people stay connected to Jesus. We began the church to help people grow in, in their ability to connect with God and each other and serve God and each other and share their lives with God and each other in an increasing measure so that they could say, if I'm at a three on a scale of one to 10 and connecting with God, if I go to four, my life will be more fulfilling. God's church is to meet together with glad and sincere hearts and generations have met together by whichever means possible within persecution, political catastrophes, storms, health seasons. What we're facing is not new to God. God's church is to go out and share the gospel with the world. God's church is to be generous, merciful, kind, loving. While the church service has been a perfect primary experiential location of our relationship with Jesus to grow and for our faith to increase, it was never intended to be the only way. In no way, shape, or form. Jesus didn't leave us a model of what church services should look like. He told us to make disciples of people who made disciples of people. The early church met in homes together. The early church met over meals together. The early church took the gospel to the ends of the earth sacrificially. They were scattered and the gospel grew. Like people following Jesus increased. It didn't shut down. The early church supported the church faithfully, generously, not as a worthy investment, but as an act of obedience and surrender to God and faith. Not looking for a return, but supporting the work of the gospel. The early church taught the gospel as they, miss, as they ministered to others, not just in lecture-style moments. Some of the best lessons we learn happen while we're serving others, while we're out acting in faith while we're going about practicing what we've learned. So as I listen to the conversations of Jesus followers, of pastors, of community leaders, as we're having conversations around the current climate in our community, I think just maybe the writer of Hebrews was communicating towards some of the same tensions when he wrote Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Listen to this. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Our big idea today is everybody needs a spur. Everyone needs a spur. Do you, do you know what a spur is? There's a picture of one for you here. But what this is, is it's, a, um, it, it's a, an item that is on your boot that people would use to like help the, the horse feel a jolt and, and go faster. It's a, a spur. And what a spur is in a, in a relationship is uh, kind of the same principle, you know? We, we every once in a while need a good kick in the bottom to help us go in the right direction. And there's nothing better than sisters and brothers in our relationship with God in the church that are a part of one body that can spur one another on. We need a spur. We need spurs in our life. When I first walked into Shoreline Community Church where I found Jesus, um, eventually I made a decision to follow Jesus there after about six months of attending. And I started getting plugged in with some of the other guys my age there. In fact, we started to uh, meet together every once in a while uh, for, for just to hang out but not just to talk life, like we were hanging out and we were dreaming of the ways God was gonna use all of us in that room. And everybody in that room is still serving the Lord today, as far as I'm aware. We were dreaming of the future together and, and uh, we held each other accountable and, and we talked about life and how Jesus was impacting our life. And I was inspired and challenged to grow in ways that I had never been in any other area of my life to that point. It was genuine and it was encouraging. In fact, one of them, I ended up meeting one-on-one uh, -on, -one on a weekly basis for one-on-one -on -one accountability. And, and some of them were in my wedding. I mean, it's just these relationships went deep because we were united around Christ. And it makes me ask the question for you, thought one, who's spurring you on? Because that group of guys, we spurred one another on. And if we saw one of us slipping, we were honest and we called ourselves out on the carpet. Do you have someone who's reaching out to you to, to encourage your engagement with the mission of the gospel, the mission of the church? Who knows your name and encourages you in your comment field on social media? Uh, who, who has invited you over for a meal? Who have you vacationed with? I mean, when you start to think about that, the, the church is not just a large corporate gathering. That was never the intent of the church. It's a collective of individuals trying to grow their relationship with Jesus that need to be connected. We have to be spurring one another on because we can't do this alone. It's a team sport, the faith. The church is people leading people, much more than an organization gathering people. As I reflect on the first 10 years of open life through the lens of this pandemic and the conversations I've had in the last couple months, uh, and I spend time alone thinking about it, uh, there's times where I could feel like I've failed a bit as a pastor, as the leader of the church. Uh, I've it bothers me that people could say they feel alone 
during this social distancing season. And I hear from, I, I'm incredibly genuine and I just don't want people to feel alone. I, I don't want people to um, be in a place where no one's spurring them on. But I know I can't spur everybody on. I just want everybody to want to spur everybody on and us to have some key relationships that we reach out. Some families have left the church during quarantine because they just didn't feel connected anymore. Um, and if connected families felt alone, how much more some of you who maybe the only person you know is the person who invited you or the person you know is the a family member that you come with and you just haven't met anyone else yet. Well, that can't, that, that, that grieves the Holy Spirit in me. And it makes me want to pivot and challenge us to grow deeper in this ability to spur one another on. The church will not move ahead if the void of genuine connection with one another continues to exist. We will take note of this we're not just going to say, well, we're a victim to our past. No, we're going to take note of this. We're listening and we're going to strategically plan how to encourage each other to spur one another on. <laughs> That's what we do. We get up and we make change. Now, we're going to be a people who don't let anyone feel like they're not known, like they're not connected. We're not going to depend on the organization, the church, you know, to be the point of connection, we're going to challenge each other to connect and spur one another's faith on. No one should ever be able to feel alone at open life, and unfortunately, they have. Brings up thought too. Who are you spurring on? Who are you spurring on? We all need someone to reach out to us, and you can be that someone. One of the craziest discoveries is the amount of people who've not reached out to each other. People who have gone dark, like even we sit there and we, we, we pray or we make the phone calls or we're reaching out and trying to, they haven't opened an e-news or we're just like, man, I, I wonder if they're connected or engaged. We haven't seen a connect card. Like how do we know how people are doing? There's no prayer requests. We need an army of people committed to reaching out to one another to see how each other's doing. Uh, we cannot let loneliness be a weapon in the hands of the enemy, but as a church be the most caring and concerned body of people within the community. That others would look and they couldn't drive by the church and just ignore it. They would go, that's that place where people, like those are some of the most genuine people who, who love each other. How will the world know us, scripture says? They'll know us by our love. But if they're looking at us and all they're hearing is, yeah, that's a lonely group of people, bad testimony. While valuing anonymity for people while they're growing their relationship with Jesus, I think we've, we've gone maybe too far on the pendulum swing and then we've allowed people to be unknown and feel alone, disconnected, purposeless during this season of quarantine. So, so how can we solve the issue of the church feeling like it's, uh, it's, it's paused or it's, it's, and lean back into the mission and the values we have and, and begin to 
once again lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We must take Ephesians 4 seriously. Like this is our instruction book as a church. And I'm going to read some of the passages here in Ephesians 4 too. It says, be completely humble. I'm trying to do that right now, honestly. Just humbly saying, man, this, I don't like to hear these stories of loneliness. It's humbling. It sucks. And I want to change it. Anyway, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who's over all, through all, in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Verse 11 continues, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I want that. Continues in verse 14. Now catch this. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves there's waves right now, right? The blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who's the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up as each part does its work. Here's our action point out of that Ephesians 4 passage. Gives us a great challenge. Build unbreakable bonds. It says joined and held together. Ephesians 4.12, right there, right? A person standing alone, or no, not Ephesians 4.12, Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. The whole body must be joined and held together. What would it look like if every person had three key, at least three key relationships that were spurring one another on? And we know that the body of Christ is held together. The church is like a physical body. Every part doing its work in order for the body to function to its fullness of capacity. Every part of the body must be connected. Every part of the body must be balanced and equally developed and growing and at a similar pace or it just looks silly, right? You've seen that? People who only do upper body workouts, you know, or people who do lower body workouts, it's like their lower body, you can't see my lower body. But anyway, you know, it's just like the reality is we need to be balanced. We need to begin prioritizing our bonds as a church, connecting together, making sure each other is doing okay, reaching out. We must begin to launch growth groups that unite in our common bond of Christ and the church, spurring one another on, not just hanging out, 
but really bringing up what is Jesus up to in your world. We must begin to refuse to serve ourselves through the church and realize our best experiences when we're serving each other, not allowing anyone to be alone. It, it better be impossible, right? And this goes beyond hospitality or kindness. It's doing life together, genuinely. It's, it's calling one another. It's encouraging comments on social posts. It's, it's serving in any way needed to lift each other up. It's showing up when there's a call to action for the body of Christ and, and being too many people, because we're all in, right? It's so healthy to realize where we are weak right now as a church. And it's been pretty glaring, honestly. And we can't wait to put these challenges before you in the coming weeks to just put plans to what we're feeling in our heart and say, man, what do groups that we'll sacrifice to plug into look like? And how do we encourage relationships to form even when we're still social distancing? How do we help people meet people right now in open life? The church should be pandemic proof, regulation proof, venue proof, day of the week proof, mask proof. We shouldn't be tripping up on things like this because we're such a bonded, united body. If we build unbreakable bonds and our love is known around us, the gospel is so attractive. And I want to pray that into you today. God, I thank you for everybody who's able to be a part of the service today. And I pray that, God, you would spur us on to spur each other on. That you'll help us picture those that we haven't reached out to. That we would develop genuine relationships. And we would think, man, who's somebody I haven't reached out to that I've thought of? And I just blew it off. I didn't actually connect with them. How powerful would it be if I just reach out to them? God, I pray that connections would go so deep that people would really begin to be the people that are leading each other into a growing relationship with Jesus. Help us be connected like never before. Help us go beyond the practice of hospitality and be genuinely about building unbreakable bonds, loving one another as you love us, being the church that is proof, that is like, not going to break down in any season, any catastrophe, any trial, but we're going to stand firm with one another and can't be broken. Thank you, God, for this challenge. Move our spirits in Jesus' name. Amen.